Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hump Day edition of the Yard. A little bit later than uh, than normal, but it's been a busy morning. It's one of those days, and you know we have to have one of these every, every so often. When I when I was in retail management, I used to say it's my make everybody nervous day because I got every all these little nitpicky things that kind of pile up after a while. You know, it's like. It's one of those two things, like you, you get in your, your Franklin Covey planner, and you're like, okay, well, I'll just, you know, we'll we'll table that till tomorrow. We'll table that till tomorrow. And what happens is then today's business gets on top of that, and then you never get around to these little things. And so today it's been one of those days where I've just been taking care of all that nitpicky stuff that has just kind of been aggravating me. And so I took care of that this morning. So do indulge me a little, a little time, a little later. I'll give you a good show in return. And I hope that you can have those days every once in a while. You know, one of those days you just go in, and, and, and I'm a list maker. You know what I'm saying? Like, as soon as, the first thing that I do when I get up every morning, I'm already indexed and thinking, okay, what do we have to do today? And in order to free my mind from all of that, I, I go ahead and write it all down. This is what i got to do. i got to do this, and this, 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 and this. And it's amazing the things that come along throughout the day's time that don't make the list. And I write those things down, too. I, there's something about writing it down that helps me. I write it down. Then I can scratch it off all the way through, and I can keep track of where I am. So right now, as I record the show, I'm very happy because I've only got two things really left to do um, before I go to campus. And so it's a full day for me, very, very busy day. But uh, i got some book stuff to work on. And, and let me remind you, too, before I, before I get forget about all that, go to StarkVillainsTheBook.com right now. Go do it right. Pause the show and go do it right now. Starkvillainsthebook.com and go pre-order your book. They're they're selling extremely well. We're trying to go ahead and get out early on this thing, and um, and so I can't wait for you guys to read it. It's going to be important for you guys to read it. I think you're going to enjoy uh, reading the book. There's so many great stories in there. I've been tweeting out and putting on Facebook every day uh, during the week one of the villains that's in the book to kind of tease it a little bit. And then uh, I'm, I'm going to record a video later today that will be on the website, the Stark Villains, the book website, kind of talking about some of that. And uh, I want to thank you guys, too, so much from the bottom of my heart for all of you that bought Flim Flam and all of you that uh, maybe bought one for your old Miss brother-in-law to get him the goat. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, it was like when Flim Flam debuted at number one, stayed there for five weeks, and then it kind of died off a little bit, and then around Christmas it took off again because every – Smart Alex State fan out there bought that book for uh, for their old Miss brother-in-law, and I know because some of them sent me pictures of them setting it on fire. And you know what? I don't care what they do with it after the book is purchased. But uh, this book, much different. It is uh, more in praise of Mississippi State, and uh, again, it is the rivalry through the Mississippi State vantage point. So interviewed Jackie Sherrill, interviewed Coach Ron Polk, interviewed Coach Bob Tyler, and others about great moments in the rivalry from the Mississippi State standpoint. This is not an anti-Ole Miss book, even though it's a lot of fun to beat those guys. This is about great moments in Mississippi State sports history and some off-the-field stuff. So again, StarkVillainsTheBook.com, and if you're looking for Stark Villains gear, and I'm getting more and more of those questions, and I have shared these links over and over and over again, but I will continue to do it because I want you guys to be well-equipped and well-dressed. Go to StarkVillains.com, and you can order your T-shirts and hoodies. And trust me, your kids want those, especially all of you Starkville High School and Starkville Academy parents. We, we made those shirts available to you in your school colors. They will, you know, they will apply to your, your, your dress code. So go get that. Not to mention it looks really cool when you guys go on the road and you're wearing those Starkvillain shirts. I want to thank uh, you guys for, for being a part of all that. We're going to get into some injury reports today. We're going to talk some Southern Miss stuff. We're going to talk some some of the latest Mississippi State stuff. And then uh, got some recruiting stuff to talk about. All of those things are important. And I uh, want to thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company for doing their part uh, to allow us to bring you the latest, greatest, and coolest information about the Mississippi State Bulldogs, the finest athletics program in the state of Mississippi, bar none. Bulldog Burr Company is a Starkvilleian institution. They are committed to Starkville. They are committed to Mississippi State. They are committed to the Golden Triangle. These are folks that have been here that they know what they're doing. Okay, these these aren't fly by night people that come in here and you know, have that seagull mentality. Come in here and just you know spend a few bucks and hire some folks and fly out and, and and aren't vested in our community. 
love Bulldog Burger Company. Again, I think I've been four weeks in a row. Four weeks in a row. We'll probably get down there this week before it's over with, even though it's an abbreviated week. You guys need to go by Bulldog Burger Company and find your own favorites. I encourage people, especially this time of year, go ahead and let the kids get the dessert. Because a lot more times than not, if, if you get that dessert, it's going to be like that chocolate shake you can take to go. And uh, they'll kind of be winding down a bit on the way home. Love Bulldog Burger Company. DeLorean is where I'm at right now. Bryant is trying to uh, to sway me back to Team Bryant. That was my burger from the beginning, Bryant. But the Bryant has lost me. But uh, I, I may now that I, the next visit, I may go back and get the Bryant just to remind myself of what what used to be and what could be great again. That's that relationship with Bryant. Go find your own favorites, Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people in Starkville and now Tupelo. Go to meet, M-E-A-T, again, that's September 23rd in Tupelo, Bulldog Burger Company, coming to Tupelo, Mississippi. So we've had a chance to speak with the offensive players, and uh, one of the first things that I want to talk about, and I think it's important, is what does Keaton Thompson coming back, what does that do to the locker room? What does that do to the roster? And, and, I, and I'll tell you, what I have heard privately is that Keaton has been welcomed back with open arms, that there was a... Let's say there was a scab that was kind of ripped off when Keaton left, and now that he is back in the building, it, things are, are well again in many respects. Because, and, and I want to make sure people understand this. Those players love Keaton Thompson. Those players played hard for Keaton Thompson. And so it wasn't like the situation where Tommy won the job and then everybody on the roster is like, okay, well, he's now expendable, whatever. There, there, there was none of that. And when he announced that, you know, it was announced, I don't think he personally did it, but when it was announced that he was going to the transfer portal, uh, there was kind of a, a dose of reality there. There was, you know, it was, it was a bit of a shock to a lot of people because he had sweat and bled and worked and told alongside so many of those guys. And th- there is a bond between teammates that uh, probably doesn't exist in, in in much many other arenas. You know what I'm saying? It's like in, until you've been there, it's a different deal. And, and I can't say that football is unique in that respect. You know, those, but, but those baseball preseason workouts, those football offseason conditioning drills, all the film work, all the things you do when nobody's watching, that's when you begin to forge those relationships. When you make a commitment to excellence, when there is no expectation of uh, any notoriety, those are important moments. And uh, Keaton really excels in that sort of stuff. He is a great teammate. Keaton Thompson is a great person. I can't sit here and tell you that he's going to spend all of his eligibility here at Mississippi State because at, th- at this point, I don't believe that. Now, that things could change. Things could change. But as of right now, he's back in the fold at Mississippi State. He's practiced all week, returned to the team on Sunday. Uh, they had the day off on Monday. He was right back out there Tuesday. We had a chance to visit with Tommy Stevens yesterday, and Tommy was asked about that. You know, what, what's it been like having Keaton back? And you could tell that Tommy was very happy to have Keaton back. And he said, not just as a teammate, but as a friend. And I shared this earlier on Matt Wyatt's show. Keaton Thompson, one of the first people to reach out to Tommy Stevens, once this whole thing kind of became, looked like it was going to be a reality, Keaton kind of led the charge. He was the, the champion of the welcome wagon when it came to Tommy Stevens. And that says a lot about who Keaton is as a person. This is a guy coming in here that, that ultimately is looking to take your job, and you're being the guy that says, hey, listen, let's go in here and be the best man win. Come on in here. Let's do what's best for the team. And I get it, and I've got a lot of respect for that. But Tommy says, you know what? Just having him back in the building has been big. Having him back in the quarterback room has been big. Having him back at practice has been big. And I think, you know, if you look at it strictly from a Mississippi State point of view, just this season, this is a huge deal for State. Let's just say, you know, listen, knock on wood, Tommy Stevens uh, never misses a snap. But now if he does, you're not forced to, to, uh, to, to roll Garrett Schrader out there as a true freshman. You know, Keaton Thompson is a is a guy that has won football games for Mississippi State. Now, you probably have to change your play calling a lot because you've got to run you kind of what fits him. You know, Tommy and Keaton are completely different from a skill set standpoint. And I uh, had this discussion with some people in uh, on social media and privately, and it's not to say one is better than the other. 
but there is one that is better suited for the brand of offense that we want to run right now. That doesn't mean that Keaton Thompson's a bad football player. It doesn't mean that Keaton Thompson's a bad person. It doesn't mean that we don't love Keaton Thompson because we do. It just means that Tommy Stevens is a little bit better as a vertical passer. Now, if uh, if we're running the, running the Dan Mullen offense, Keaton Thompson's going to win that competition. He is because he is a better runner. Now, you saw that Tommy is, is capable of running football, but you can't go build a game plan around that. That's just not what he does. And so you got two guys in the same room playing the same position that just do things differently. Now, what you can do now because of the fact that you've got key time back is you can you can put some of those packages in where you've got both quarterbacks on the field. You can do some things that are a little bit different. But I believe... And nobody, you know, there's some conversations that Jim Moorhead shared that, that, that he, there's some things that are not for public consumption. And here is what I believe. And I shared this with you guys, I guess, on uh, on Monday. I, I believe there have been some assurances made to Keaton Thompson. That, Listen, we're going to do what's best for Mississippi State. So if Tommy gets hurt, you're going to be our starter. Okay, and that means you're going to go play. And that might mean that it, it, it exhausts a year of your eligibility. That might be the reality of it. But... If Tommy stays healthy, then you become the emergency quarterback or we play you something. We will do what we can to preserve your redshirt year. I believe that's true. Now, I haven't had anybody with any sense of authority in the uh, decision-making process come to me and say, hey, Steve, here's what's really going on. And the truth of the matter is that's probably best kept between Joe Moorhead, Andrew Briner, and Keaton Thompson. There are some things that really aren't our business. But at this point, I don't think that you'll see Keaton go out there and play seven, eight ball games unless he is the starting quarterback. And to be fair, that would be unfair to Keaton Thompson to have him exhaust a year of eligibility when he could preserve that year and still have an opportunity to play elsewhere. And so I don't believe that's going to be the case. I think that he will play his four games unless he is the starting quarterback. And based on what we saw last Saturday, uh, the way that Tommy Stevens kind of handled himself, I think Tommy's going to hang on to the job as long as he's healthy. I don't think there's any question. And one of the things about Tommy Stevens that impressed me on Saturday is the trust that he has in his offensive line. Even even on the sack, okay, he was trusting that his guys had his back. And they didn't, and he took the accountability for that and said, hey, listen, that was me. I didn't slide protection. But the bottom line is, is that when you watched him, he didn't get all happy-footed. He didn't get, let the game speed him up. He didn't get anxious in the pocket. He took the snap. He dropped back there and began to survey the field. And, and not only did he get to that second read, there were times he got to the third and fourth read. The offensive line's really good, guys. I'm, t- I'm telling you now. I, I've been trying to tell you all offseason. People are thinking, oh, well, Mississippi State you know, lost Elton Jenkins and Deion Calhoun, and those, were, those guys are studs. Don't get me wrong. But we got some other studs. It's not like we are rebuilding on the offensive line. Then you have a couple guys go out there and get banged up, and guess what? We didn't even slow down. We just kept right on rolling. And I had a chance to speak to Marcus Johnson a little bit briefly last night. And that was one of the things that I shared with him. You know, Coach, I mean, you know, it's clear what you've told us all offseason is correct. You guys have some depth. And, And coaches are always a little bit superstitious. You know what I'm saying? It's very rare that somebody comes out and says, hey, you know, uh, except for maybe Emory Ballard, <laughs> hey, we're going to win the SEC this year. Uh, but, you know, Marcus has always been like, you know, we got we got some dudes. We just got to kind of find some cohesion. But based on what I saw Saturday, the offensive line was already, you know, I, I won't say the least of my concerns, but it was in the bottom half. And then after watching that unit perform, despite mixing and matching, and Robbie Falk did an excellent feature that uh, on 11 drives we had 11 different offensive line combinations. Think about that for a second. We, we couldn't put together two drives with the same group of guys because we had some guys get banged up. You know, we had some substitutions in there too. But think about that. Let's let that sink in for a second. That we mixed and matched on the offensive line for four quarters and still was able to go out there and put up 38 points and rush for, what, 260-something yards and only allowed two sacks, and one of those is on the quarterback? I I can feel good about life. I can feel good about Marcus Johnson. I remember a time when I first floated his name out there that uh, he was a possibility to be our offensive line coach. We broke that news on Gene's page. 
that uh, Marcus Johnson was a candidate to be the head, the uh, offensive line coach of Mississippi State. And the very first thing that people began to say is, oh, well, he played at Ole Miss. And you know what? I get it. I understand it. I was uh, dyed in the wool, maroon and white. I understand. We don't like to have Ole Miss people around us. We can stand it. But I don't think anybody can argue right now that Marcus Johnson has not been a tremendous football coach for Mississippi State, not just on the field, not just as a recruiter, but as a motivator and a teacher of the game. It is incredible to think about what he has done with that group. Now, we mentioned mixing and matching. We're probably going to mix and match a little bit this weekend. Uh, we've had some things that have changed. You know, now, Tyree Phillips met with us last night. One of the things that Tyree said, I think he might have let it slip a little bit, is that Darrell Williams is not out this week. And so what that tells me is that Darrell Williams has probably been practicing some this week, or at least on a limited basis, to get him ready for Saturday. Joe said on Monday that the Tuesday practice would kind of determine the availability of the guys that were listed day-to-day. And let's run those down for you, okay? Darrell Williams, Darian Parker, Evans Wilkerson, Marquis Spencer. Those are the four guys that were listed as day-to-day on Monday. There may be others, and we didn't get around to them, but those are the four. But if Darrell's able to go, you know, then maybe LaQuince and Sharp run some at right guard. Uh, we were told also, too, that LaQuince and Sharp has uh, taken a lot of snaps this week in practice. And so in the event Darrell gets out there and can't go, then you plug Sharp in there. Or Sharp runs right guard. Let's say Darian Parker can't go. Evans Wilkerson got rolled up in the end. And to, you know, to me, you know, just, this, there's been no official diagnosis made available, but being, knowing those guys being engaged and being rolled up from behind, it's almost always a high ankle sprain. And those things tend to linger. But I can't remember a time we had three off interior offensive linemen go down in a game and we didn't feel the growing pains throughout the ball game. just didn't happen. They, they played great. Now, Evans Wilkerson didn't have an opportunity to kind of figure that out. He didn't have time to get nervous, right? Tyree Phillips, he told him on the sidelines, hey, Wilk, let's go. And he said he wasn't surprised, but he was proud. He was proud of, of Evans Wilkerson because the guy really has kind of been a special teams guy and kind of been a reserve guy. And then here we are trying to put the game away, and he's out there basically, you know, leading the charge in the second half. I don't remember a bad snap. There might there might there might have been one or two that were a little bit off center, but I don't I don't remember there being like a you know bad snap. What you would expect from a walk on thirteen center. The kid played well. So I don't know if we get everybody back this weekend, but I think Darrell Williams will try to give it a go. And we'll we'll see if we can't learn some more and have some some information for you on Friday. Marquis Spencer's probably the guy. Him and Darian Parker are probably the two I'm the most worried about. You know, and and we'll see. And and once we get to pregame warmups, you know, we'll see, and we'll we'll try to tweet out things, and you know, hopefully the university will go ahead and make a release of you know who's available and who's not. And there may be some guys that probably could go if it's an SEC game, but maybe because you have some depth there, you let those guys rest and heal up this week. You know, and uh, it's a shame we're having to deal with all that in week two, but that's that's the reality of things. That is the absolute reality of college football. People are getting beat up. It's a very physical and violent game, and uh, it's kind of weird to see the same kind of the same thing happen. You see, you know, three guys get rolled up, and uh, you see ankle injuries. And you know, Daryl came back and tried to give it a go, and then they made the decision at halftime to shut him and Darian Parker down. They came back to the sidelines, both wearing their t-shirts, and um, Daryl with a protective boot on, and uh, Darian Parker with a knee brace on, and so. Don't know the full extent of that. I'll, you know, Joe just always classifies that stuff as lower body or day-to-day or whatever. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. I, I, if I had to call it today, i say Daryl gives it a go and that Darian Parker is probably out for the Saturday, and then we'll see on Evans Wilkerson. But Marquis Spencer, I'm a little more worried about that one. We'll, we'll see. and we'll, we'll talk to defensive players tonight. Maybe they'll let something slip. Maybe we'll find something out. Uh, tonight, and we'll come back and share it with you. But uh, but Mississippi State's injury situation, um, concerning but not worrisome, because I don't think this is one of those things where anybody's going to be out an extended period of time. I think it's going to kind of be a week-to-week thing, and they'll manage it pretty well. And uh, probably the big news, I know that was the immediate concern, is when we saw Colin Hill kind of limp off the field, uh, Colin's fine. Colin went to practice on Sunday, and, and uh, Tuesday is expected to go today. Uh, have heard from some people very, very close to the situation Colin's, Colin's fine. He is absolutely ready to go. He is absolutely ready to get back out there. 
uh, going to be playing against a former teammate. Uh, it's other miss. And so the first ball game back at uh, Davis Wade Stadium. Be a big, big day. Hope you hope you can make it out here and join us. It's going to be a sweaty one. It's going to be a hot one. We're all going to be stinking. But uh, I'd rather be stinking at Davis Wade Stadium than anywhere else. I want to remind you guys, too, if you're one of those folks who like to have a little skin in the game, our friends at my book, you're there to serve you. It's a new season. you got a new outlook on life. And maybe maybe you want to put your money where your mouth is. I encourage you to use our friends at MyBookie. That is the place to bet on football every single weekend. From wagers on college football action to odds on a presidential election, MyBookie has something for everybody. Uh, MyBookie has better bonuses, more prop bets than any sports book in the industry, period. This year, MyBookie is hosting the first ever online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs 100 bucks to enter. That's a pretty good ROI right there. 100 bucks to win 100 grand. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread each and every week, and you'll climb the leaderboard and score your share of that huge cash prize pool. I'm going to tell you that, uh, you know, we have, my bookie has been with me for a while, and we've got some listeners that have had some very good experiences there, so we'll consider it improving. That's why my bookie's the right play. You bet, you win, they pay up. My bookie has live in game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the industry. And for you fantasy guys out there, I know there's a bunch of you too. You can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score during a game. That's a cool feature. Up to a $1,000 first deposit bonus. Double your first deposit. Use promo code BONEYARD to activate that offer. Free cash. Man, how can you beat that? Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget promo code BONEYARD, B-O-N-E-Y-A-R-D, when creating your account to claim that bonus. You bet, you win, you get paid. So Southern Miss, their situation is a little different than ours. And uh, watch the Jay Hobson press conference uh, on Monday. I guess I watched it on Tuesday, actually. And uh, he, he had, you know, they, most of their discussion was about their team. They didn't talk a whole lot about Mississippi State. And when Jay did talk about Mississippi State, it was really getting cliches. Oh, they're a great football team. They're going to be very talented, long, athletic. I mean, you know, what you expect to hear. Uh, liking Tommy Stevens a bit to Nick Fitzgerald because of number seven and how he runs around back there. Uh, that's, a, that's you know, not a lot of comparisons between the two, I, I think, from a skill set standpoint. But uh, interesting. Also mentioned Colin Hill uh, as a guy that uh, they, they thought very highly of during the recruiting process. And so uh, not surprised in the least to see uh, Colin Hill uh, get a mention there. But, uh, again, most of the press conference was about Southern Miss and about what they had going on and about uh, kind of recapping their win over Alcorn State. Uh, one of the things that has been um, maybe overlooked a little bit is the fact that Southern Miss has a major injury. Southern Miss leading rusher from a season ago, Travinsky Mosley was lost to injury last week against Alcorn State. Travinsky Mosley last year played in just 10 games, 99 rushes, which led the team, 516 yards, which led the team for a net of 494, which led the team with a five-yard average that led the team among notables. Uh, Southern is not a huge running team. They're they're not one of those teams that wants to go out there and really establish the run, and, and they want they're similar in you to the Lafayette. They want to get the ball out quickly and kind of negate your pass rush. If you remember a couple of years ago, we went down there. I guess four years ago now that they ran those bubble screens over and over and over and over. Now looking at last weekend, they did try to run it a little bit more than than usual. Uh, Thirty-one carries for a net of ninety-six yards. 31 for 96, averaging just over three yards a carry, the one rushing touchdown. 96 yards in a game uh, against Alcorn State. And, and I, I don't care who you are or where you're from. People say, well, you know, they were vanilla. Nobody's going to be happy about that. If, if they if they had expected to run under 100 yards, they wouldn't have uh, rushed it 31 times. I mean, you, when you make that type of commitment, it's just one of those things you look at and say, oh, well, okay, all right, uh, that's interesting. I, I just, I, you know, Maybe it's just me, but uh, I think you want a little more uh, return on your investment. They had 31 rushes, 28 passes, pretty balanced attack in that respect, but uh, 293 yards 
in the air. That that's where they want to make their money. That's where they that's where the bread is buttered. If you're Southern Miss, they want to throw the football. All of that said, two of their touchdowns came on special teams. Uh, that's that's one of those things you look at and you think, okay, this is how teams like Southern Miss stay in these ball games. They've got to make plays on special teams. And, and listen, the first half last week, Mississippi State was not strong on special teams. We uh, we had those sky kicks that they were either poorly executed or poorly called. Uh, you had the muff punt there that essentially gave you a Lafayette a touchdown. Um, you know that, that that's that's a part of the deal too. Got to clean all that stuff up. Jalen Adams was the uh, returner last week that really lit things up for Southern Miss. Had a punt return and a kickoff return for touchdown. Con- named Conference USA Special Teams Player uh, of the Week. So he's a guy we want to kick it away from. Special teams is always kind of the equalizer in many respects. You know, if you win in special teams, you can steal a touchdown or, or some field position special teams. It changes the game. And that's where I think State's got to be smart. Second half, State played really well in special teams. That's got to continue this week. And we need a big day out of Scott Goodman. I think Scott's going to kick off a lot. And so we need to make sure that uh, that we get good coverage and get good kicks. And, and quite frankly, I don't want to have to cover any kicks. Just kick it out of the back of the end zone, Scott, if you're listening. Just go just end it. Get it done. Make them set up at the 25 every time. And so that's something that I think is significant too. But uh, when you look back, it's, it's a major cog in their offense because uh, you know, to hear their coaches talk, the uh, Mosley is one of those guys that's their most complete back. And uh, they're pretty young at the position and will probably have to play some underclassmen to kind of make it through the day. And so – there are many of you last week that were like, oh, you know, well, you all Lafayette ran the football really well against us. Um, so so what does that mean, you know, kind of going forward? Well, I think with Mosley being out, that probably negates some of the risk uh, with the, the Southern Miss running game. I don't think they'll line up and, and look to run it. They're going to try to get those backs the ball in space. I, th- I think everybody will, will expect that. That's, that's, what, that's what they're going to do. Um, they used Mosley last year to mind him as a receiver, 24 catches out of the backfield. You know, he, he's you know the typical third down back, a guy that can get paired up with linebacker and, and can do a lot of things for you. So that is a significant development. You know, having him removed uh, from the lineup this weekend, they don't, they don't know when they're going to get him back. Uh, now, quarterback-wise, Jack Abraham is a guy you should know from from Oxford. Uh, had a very prolific prep career there at Oxford High School. He was he was DK Metcalf's quarterback. Uh, they came out together. But uh, Jack last year played in nine games. Completion percentage through the roof, man. Lot, I mean, I mean, absolutely phenomenal. To borrow a phrase from Ben Howen, seventy-three uh, percent last year completion percentage, two twenty-three of three hundred five. Now a lot of that is short, intermediate type passes. And that's kind of the extension of the running game, you know, that they want to get the ball out quickly. And Abraham had 10 interceptions last year. So when he does miss, there is the possibility of going and get that. You know, 2,347 yards for Abram, uh, Abraham pardon me, and 15 touchdowns. And so very efficient in what he does. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Doesn't give you a whole lot. But uh, there's a lot of quick reads in this offense. They're one of those teams that, again, that they, they take the snap, they're firing to get the ball out of there before you can kind of get the pass rush on them. And so if, if you don't see a big name, uh, pardon me, a big game from Chauncey Rivers and those guys uh, with uh, pass rush, I mean, I understand this is kind of what Mississippi State's going to face this year, especially – uh, with Bob Sheep up there, because everybody knows that Bob Sheep is a little bit of a mad, a mad scientist. You know, the, he he cooks up his exotic looks and pressures and that sort of stuff, tries to confuse you with the disguise and the coverages and things of that nature. But if if we don't see two or three sacks this weekend, it's going to be a, a product of this. And in order to get to Abraham, you've got to be able to get some hands up in passing lanes and kind of deny him that first read. It's going to be a lot of slants and that sort of stuff. It's just kind of what they do. But what they do is going to be a little more limited because of the fact Mosley is not a part of it. So there will be some young guys that will really have to really step up this year uh, and, and do some things for them because, you know, Mosley at some point will be healthy again. Uh, but based on the returns and the uh, media opportunities from yesterday, it does not appear that uh, they're going to see him uh, play this weekend. Uh, D. Baker is a guy that some of you guys know. Uh, Mississippi kid had eight carries, 35 yards. He was the leading rusher in that ball game. 
And then Jordan Kemp is a guy that they're really high on. He only had uh, the three carries. But uh, they will kind of do it by committee. They're going to try to run the football a little bit. But by and large, they're going to use the you know the running backs really as, as a component of the passing game. And we're going to get a little more into that stuff on, on Friday as we kind of preview uh, the weekend. But uh, I think it's important for our folks to kind of understand right out of the gate. This isn't going to be that traditional you know, five and seven step drop type stuff. It's, you know, this, these, they're going to line up, you know, in the shotgun and they're going to pitch and catch. And, and that's what Jack Abraham did a ton of at Oxford. You know, they just, he, he's very comfortable in this. They're not going to get under center. They're going to spread you out. They're going to throw the ball around. They're going to force you to make tackles in space. You know, Mississippi State's going to have to fight through some blocks. They're going to have to make some things happen out there on the perimeter. And, uh, you know, if you remember, we went down there in 2015 and uh, they gave us some trouble with all that. They, they really did. They, they gave us some trouble with all that. That's when Nick Mullins was a quarterback. And Jack Abraham is like Nick Mullins might be a, a little bit bigger, but similar skill set, similar arm strength. Jack Abraham's a good quarterback and probably made a good decision for himself going to their miss. And so uh, a formidable opponent in that respect. Now, this heat is going to be a major factor in things. They're expecting 96 degrees. Uh, it's going to be difficult to hydrate. Uh, you know, and, and people say, well, Steve, can we go ahead and switch here at the last minute and wear white? Those decisions are generally made in the preseason. You go ahead and let everybody know, hey, listen, we're planning to black out this game, so we're going to wear black. Our fans are going to wear black. The Bulldogs are going to wear black. We just want your permission and kind of give you guys that, that heads up. That's generally how that works. You know, LSU asks every opponent – to uh, wear dark jerseys because they want to wear the the home whites. Uh, And so that is something that is handled in the preseason. And if I'm Southern Miss, if Mississippi State called me today and said, hey, listen, Mr. Equipment Manager, we want to, we've decided we're going to wear white, even though it's after Labor Day. It's, it's, uh, we're going to wear the white jerseys because it's a little bit cooler today. We want you guys to wear uh, the black jerseys. If I'm Southern Miss, I'm going to be like, you guys are absolutely killing me. There is no way we're going to go out there and wear black. You Bulldogs put on your maroon shirts and go have a good time. Uh, so going to be hot. I expect everybody to wear down, fans included. It is going to be a long day. It is going to be a hot day. It is going to be a sweaty and stinky day. Go ahead and begin hydrating now. Tyree Phillips said they've begun kind of Overhydrating at Mississippi State here a couple days ago, ever since they got back from uh, from New Orleans. But this will be a game, I think, in the end that Mississippi State kind of wears them down. But don't be surprised to see your defense gassed a little bit again, and that that's going to feed again some of these same discussions on the message board because that's how it appeared to me in the fourth quarter, and I tweeted that out there. There were a couple times that uh, you know we saw some quote. Injuries. Some guys go down to kind of stop tempo, uh, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that. I, I'm not, I'm not a fan at all. You either, either burn the timeout or, or learn to deal with it. But uh, be that as it may, we saw some of that, and then there are other times. You know, I saw, I saw Brian Cole specifically looked at the sidelines a couple times and asked him to call a timeout because we were having trouble getting settled, and and that was on that last touchdown drive they had. It just seemed like once they got on a roll and began running tempo, we couldn't get caught up. And uh, things were a little bit discombobulated at times, but we elected not to take time out there. I expect there to be some defensive breakdowns this week. And so in order for that to, to kind of be prevented uh, and, and kind of limited somewhat, we've got to work in the rotation. And one of the things that we're hearing a lot privately is that you're going to see Cameron Young and Nathan Pickering this weekend. You're going to see both of those guys play. You know, we didn't we didn't have a rotation per se. There's certain packages we go with. When we go base defense, it's usually – Fabian Lovett and Jaden Crumity, they're going to be out there defensive tackle. Uh, Kendall Jones played a good bit last week. You know, we're going to, James Jackson played a good bit last week. They will substitute and rotate a little more liberally this week to kind of keep some guys fresh. Because, again, it's going to be some punishing heat. And so you're going to see guys break down. You're going to see me break down. Because I'm already, I'm already worried about it find a way to go stand in front of the scoreboard. Um, let that shade me. But it's part of the process. And uh, we're going to deal with it next week, too. I don't know if it'll be quite as hot, but it's going to be 11 a.m. kick. And, and students, you know that I love you. Uh, I've got two of my own children among your number. 
that have student tickets. And uh, I know it's going to be hot. I know it's going to be difficult. I'm going to ask you to put on some sunscreen and uh, come on out there and uh, hydrate ahead of time. Maybe, maybe, maybe don't go out and drink Friday night and uh, drink some water and come on out there and be a part of it because we're, we're going to need you. Because I think this is going to be, I think this ball game is going to be a bit of a tussle for a half. And I think in the Mississippi State strength and conditioning program will take over in the second half. And I just don't think that they're going to have, uh, you know, the girth to kind of stand up to the offensive line and defensive line pounding. They're going to take over over the course of a ball game. They're going to have some skilled people. They have some kids that Southern Miss can really run. And so I don't think it'll be a situation where we're going to be able to just go out there and and just throw it all over them without consequence. One of the things that I asked Austin Williams last night uh, off camera is how did, how did you get so open on that uh, that crossing route that led to that big first down on, it, on the third quarter drive, I guess it was. But uh, I said, how, how did you get so open? He said, man, it was just a good play. He said, it's, it's the scheme. It's Coach Moorhead. And uh, when you go back and watch that, they kind of high-load the corner there and, uh, you know, you work Colin out there in the flats, and all of a sudden they got to respect that, and you work Austin in behind him. And Tommy makes the right read and makes a great throw, and Austin catches and runs in, in, into space there. Uh, I expect that to be a big part of this weekend. You know, the, and, and in all due respect to the staff, it's their miss. I, I think schematically Mississippi State's going to be superior. Uh, I think Mississippi State's going to be a lot faster than what they saw last week. And I think Mississippi State at home is a very, very difficult matchup early in the year because you're going to go out there and one, you're going to deal with the heat, you're going to deal with the noise, you're going to deal with the the strength and conditioning of the superior athlete. Uh, it's going to be a difficult deal for Southern Miss. And so State's won four in a row in the series. With a win this weekend, State can take charge of uh, the uh, the all-time lead in that series for the first time in decades. Uh, and and I, I think maybe once we get the lead, we quit playing them again. But uh, but all that being said, uh, excited for you guys to come be a part of that, for sure. Need you to come be a part of that. Uh, the first game in Davis Wade's always very special. It's, it's always very special to have everybody back. It's like a family reunion of sorts. And uh, we'll have some of our kids and cousins from the south up here from Southern Miss. And so I expect a near-capacity crowd. I mean, I'm sure it'll be a little bit light in the corners of the upper decks. But uh, it'll, it'll be a good day. And I know there's some people right now saying, oh, man, I'm looking forward to coming. I'm not looking forward to that heat. You know, well, the good thing is is that um, we don't have to put on uh, 25 pounds of gear and a helmet and go out there and run around. We get to watch them do it and go grab some water. Uh, but it's going to be a big day in uh, Starkville, Mississippi. When you're in town, let me encourage you to go by Campus Bookmark and go see uh, Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, the whole crew there. We'll treat you like family because you are family. It's as, it, it's as simple as that. They're going to love you. We love you. And if you can't make it to town, or perhaps game day is not a great shopping day for you, go visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a promo code. It's BSR. That's the phrase that pays. And here's what your reward is for that. You get free shipping on all orders over $50. Again, that's BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that gets you free shipping on all orders over $50. Any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. You need to be planning ahead. They're going to they're gonna get a lot of good merchandise there. I tell you, we, I was in there a couple weeks ago, and, and they're, they're, they're getting all the stuff in for the season. And maybe you don't have all that stuff in your town, or maybe you live in one of those places where the, uh, you know, the local sporting goods store caters to LSU or to Alabama or whatever, and they, they disrespect the in-state schools, and, and uh, that, that's a burr in the saddle for me. I'm all about business, but uh, don't don't force your personal biases down my throat. So maybe you live in one of those kind of towns. You you know, you, you don't have to just depend on what you can get at Walmart. You just go to campusbookmart.net and look for it. Find it. Get, get, get what we're going to wear. You know what I'm saying? So uh, last Friday I was uh, in Picayune. Went and saw Jaden Wally play, and that's New Mississippi State commitment. Jaden Wally uh, committed to state over several offers, and uh, the final two were were Auburn and Mississippi State. Ole Miss had been in there a little bit, but it had mainly been Ole Miss. Pardon me, Auburn and State. Probably the last month or so, you know, Jacob Peeler had kind of been in there with them. He is a bit of a developmental wide receiver. They've got him playing at quarterback now, just because of the fact that he is a. Uh, 
Now, he's the most explosive athlete on the team. Now, they had a rough night of it on Friday, playing against Picayune. And, uh, and this is you know, the last ride of Dodd League and his immortals at Picayune. And, and I, I said before, there are two teams that uh, if you ever get behind in the ball game, they will just get behind that unbalanced line and plow you in the ground. That's West Point and Picayune. That's what they do. And that's kind of what happened to the Iberville, is they got down early, and the next thing you know, the game was over. And when one, one of the assistant coaches I thought made a good point. He says, you know, he goes, if you ever drop your head against Picayune, they will punish you for it. And that's the truth. If they ever sense in your body language that perhaps you're getting down a little bit, they will pour it on. That's like fuel for the journey for them. Uh, I thought Jaden Wiley was very, very good uh, with his leadership. He did not have – listen, they were so undersized in the trenches. They just couldn't complete, compete with Picayune. Picayune really, really strong. Uh, but Wally is a guy, I'll go back and see him again when I play somebody else because I want to get some highlights of him, probably get him evaluated again. Uh, but I like what, what we're having come to Mississippi State. I, I like the fact that we've got athletes like Jaden Wally, and he's one of my favorite athletes in the state, uh, ranked 13th in the state. I think that's probably a little bit low. I, I, th- I think he's a top 10 player in the state. And uh, you know, looking at his offer sheet, just to kind of run this down for you, I think we've got him listed at 6'1", 175. That looks to be right, but he's a lot longer than that. You know what I'm saying? It's like there's some kids that because of the fact that they, they have such long limbs, they look bigger, and that's kind of how he is. But uh, he commits to Mississippi State over Air Force, Arkansas, Auburn, Ole Miss, South Alabama, Southern Miss, Vanderbilt, and many others. Had uh, 13 offers total and a handful of SEC tenders. So this is a very good get for Mississippi State. And uh, a guy, too, that kind of wants to put it all behind him. You know, wants to focus on his senior season. He has a younger brother, Justin Wiley, that uh, has already got an offer from Mississippi State. Uh, I think State's in good shape to get him. Now, this week will be a different week. Uh, I'm trying to get out and go see a Mississippi State commitment every Friday. Didn't do that last year. I used to always do that. Just didn't do it last year. Uh, back on the road again. And, and I really didn't realize how much I missed it until I got back out there. And uh, it's still it's still a big deal for these kids, man. I mean, it's like, it's watered down as it all gets sometime. It's a big deal when you reach out to the kids and say, hey, I just want to make sure you're 100% healthy and you guys are playing and get all your details. And then all of a sudden, they, why are you coming to the game? I'm coming to the game. And uh, it's not so much about me as it is just about an opportunity and the fact that somebody knows who they are outside their community. Not to mention they all love those, uh, those professional-grade pictures. But... Uh, Going to go see Calvin McMillian play this weekend at Houston. Houston's going to be at New Hope. Eager to see him play. I've seen him on film, but it's just one of those things. I mean, there's done a lot of evaluations over the years off film, and I think you can evaluate skill guys pretty well off film. But when it comes to offensive linemen, you just you got to go see it in person. you got to go stand at field level and see those guys play. There's only so much you can see on film. And I know everybody says, well, you know, there's huddling, there's this, and that, that's all true. But there's nothing like being there and seeing how they perform. And there's a lot of things that don't make a highlight video. You know, there's sometimes a guy, the, the, the guy across from him starts getting the better of him. How does he handle it? What does he do to compete? Does he get on the sidelines? Does he cry about it? Uh, does he throw his helmet? What does he do? Does he go to the coach and ask for help? I mean, you know, it's like, you know, those are things that are all factors, I think, in the evaluation process. And you can't see that on a huddle video. I can't see him walking up and down the sidelines like I did Jaden Wally last weekend when uh, they're down 28 nothing, and uh, he's out there walking up to all the guys on defense during a timeout kind of encouraging them. That, that, that's not going to show up in his star rating, and that's not going to show up uh, on his highlight film, and that's never going to make the paper. But it's going to matter in the Mississippi State locker room. It's going to matter on game day when he gets to Mississippi State because that's the kind of person that he is. And so that's the benefit in going to these games is you get to see how these guys interact when the game is on the line. Because I can't see leadership in a huddle video. Just can't do it. I can't see Jaden Wally walking up and down there ignoring what's going on, on the other side of the fence and focusing on his guys. And then when one of his guys gets beat as an offensive lineman, rather than him getting up and hollering and screaming and, and ranting and raving and throwing the football, he goes over there and pats the guy on the back of the helmet. They run off the field together. You can win with kids like that. And that's one of the things I like the most about him after going to see him. I liked him on film. 
But then after going and watching him play in person, and even they got they got destroyed. They got me forty-one to six, and this guy's out there. The game is already decided midway through the second quarter. He's the biggest cheerleader on the team, and I don't mean out there making a spectacle of himself or running around and you know just acting wild and crazy and that sort of stuff. And but I'm saying this kid's out there playing for the rest of the year. You know what I'm saying? Because he he understands that same guy that's getting his butt whipped today. He's going to need that guy to whip somebody else's butt this Friday night. And so rather than add to the misery of the bad defeat by being a bad guy and being a bad teammate, he's out there encouraging those kids. And that's something, again, that's never going to show up. When, 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 uh, you know, when the folks down there on the coast, uh, when the Bluffy Southern Herald write their, their story about the game, they're not going to include any of that stuff. You, you would never know if I didn't share it with you. And I would never have known if I didn't go. And uh, I think that's the th- that's the intangible part of this deal, is when you see guys like that 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 are winners even in loss. And I don't mean University of Tennessee champions of life. I'm saying the guys that see the bigger picture, they understand that it's bigger than just this Friday night. I'm not going to go out here and get sideways with one of my teammates, and and harm my relationship with him, because we're all getting our butts beat tonight. That kind of stuff fires me up, man. It does. Talked to a couple of their coaches, and they say, hey, listen, Stevie, you probably can tell, but he's not a quarterback. And he's not. He's not a quarterback. You know, and I see some people on social media who said, you know, we, we committed another quarterback. He's not going to play quarterback in Mississippi State. That, and he didn't want to play quarterback. He knows he's not a quarterback. He just lines up at quarterback now because he's the best athlete on the field. And so his coaches want him to touch the football every single time. That makes perfect sense to me. Pretty typical for high school football. You want your most explosive guy to touch it more than anybody else. But everybody says, you know what? There's just something special about this kid. There's just another level with him. And so it's one thing to see it for yourself and then to hear it from his coaches without him being around. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I mean, there's the middle of a timeout, a heat timeout or whatever. One of the guys says, hey, what do you think about the game? I said, well, to be fair, I think the game's over. He goes, yeah, it is. But what do you think about our kid? And I said, well, he's, I haven't been able to see a whole lot, you know, but, uh, you know, pretty impressed with his athleticism. And they said, you know, this is kind of who he is all the time. You know, whether it be in the, in, in the classroom, in the hallways of the high school, in the weight room, he's the guy that's just, a, just you know, he just kind of walks around with a, with a confidence about him. And uh, it took some time. You know, he was a guy that was supposed to commit to Mississippi State and uh, took about another week to think about it. And now he says he's 100% committed to Mississippi State. Don't want to talk to anybody else. And those are the kind of things that need to happen for Mississippi State. Those are the kind of things that need to happen. And as we saw last night, Quentin Brown, uh, Quincy Brown, 2021, uh, former commitment now out of Destrehan, you know, committed to Mississippi State. And listen, uh, I've shared with you guys before, and I'm not going to rant and rave about this very long because we don't have much time left, but I'm not a big fan of taking junior commitments from out-of-state players. Just I'm not I'm I've been in this game long enough to know, you know I mean, I, I don't know how long I've been doing it now but uh, I guess coming up on 20 years is that it never works out it it simply never works out when you take those early commitments from juniors it just doesn't work out and uh, you know we we can run the numbers on it you know we can go back and look at it I mean you know just just for this class alone you know you had Trenton Yao you took his commitment last year kid out of Calera over in Alabama, you know, and then, you know, he, he decommits. And you've had some in-state decommitments too. Um, but, you know, you, you kind of expect some of that. But every, it seems like every time we take that junior commitment from an out-of-state player, it, uh, it it comes back to bite us. And, uh, you know, we can, we can go back and run the numbers on this and take a look at it. And, and it's just, you know, we can go way back when Tim Brewster was here. You go out and you get, you know, all those kids from Team USA that everybody was so fired up about. And, and I said then – it was so far in advance, and, like, I didn't even interview those kids. And people were like, well, Steve, what do you mean? I, I just wasn't going to do it. You know, I had so much to do and uh, so many people to call and so many other players to kind of look at and say, okay, listen, this is what we need to do here, that uh, I, I just I never expected those guys to sign. And maybe, maybe call it, uh, you know, wisdom earned over a career, but, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. I just don't think that's newsworthy. 
I just I just don't. I, I think I think if anything, we're only adding to the problem. You know, and speaking of those uh, out of state, remember, remember DJ James? Remember him? Right? That signed with Oregon, committed to Mississippi State January twentieth, two thousand nineteen. So we go ahead and get him in the boat, and guess what? Decommits. Darius Washington out of Pensacola commits to Mississippi State February third, two thousand nineteen. Guess what he did? He decommitted. Sound Florida State. You know, and so anytime that those out-of-state kids want to commit so early and they don't have a connection to the university, I always worry about that. And I'm not saying, hey, listen, if a kid wants to commit, you don't take him. I think I think you can slow play that kid a little bit and kind of get all that figured out, you know, ahead of time. Say, so, okay, this is this is what we want to do, and this is how we want to do it, and and you can get it handled. But I don't think you can get in the, the whole situation that, uh, you know, where you invest so much in those kids uh, it, and then, you, then ultimately you lose them. It makes better sense to me to take that in-state commitment and then you can kind of nurse that thing along. And you, know, you, you expect some of that. But uh, I, I have always said that in order for Mississippi State to be successful, we are going to have to win recruiting in Mississippi – and then supplement where the in-state crop is a little bit lacking with out-of-state prospects. We got to start here first. But when we go over into Virginia and uh, you know Texas and that sort of stuff, and you start taking kids that are uh, you know freshmen and sophomores, you're, you're just asking for trouble because all you're doing is shining a light on those guys, and they're never going to stick. That they're not. And 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 this will sound a little bit crass, and I'm, I apologize. It may hurt some feelings, but the bottom line is we're not Alabama, we're not LSU. And so when, we, when those kids commit to us, and then all of a sudden they go through a spring evaluation period because now all of a sudden every lazy recruiter in the country that recruits that kid's hometown that didn't even know about him before or didn't think he was a serious guy, now all of a sudden he's got to walk into a staff meeting and say, okay, well, how good's this kid? You know, And so things change. The dynamics change. And so when we take these commitments a lot of times, I, th- I think all we're doing is adding to our own negative press because ultimately they're going to decommit. It's one of those, It's one thing if you wait to the current recruiting cycle, but when you start getting those out-of-state juniors to commit, you, you might as well go ahead and plan on replacing them later because they're going to they're gonna decommit. That's just the reality of it. That, that has been my experience in 20 years of doing this. I don't remember any of them uh, that didn't have a connection to Mississippi State that ultimately stuck with us. Well, folks, it's going to do it for today. I'll be back on Friday as we preview the weekend. It's a short, abbreviated week, work week for all of us uh, with Labor Day uh, kind of behind us. Again, we'll have defensive players, and we'll have Michael uh, Johnson tonight as our assistant coach. And then we'll be back on Friday and kind of recap what happened there. And if you're looking for the updates and all that stuff, please find us at jeanspage.com, the Mississippi State affiliate for the 247 Sports Network. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.